Well, let's pray as we get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we come forth that we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor for all that's going to happen today. I thank you, Lord, that you told me that we're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord today. So I ask your Holy Spirit to just come and fill our hearts and our minds so that we can receive all that you have for us today. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, amen. So our topic this month is from this scripture that we're going to show here, which says, and the scripture is, therefore, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, if anyone, do we have any anyone's out there? If anyone be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. New creation. Old things have passed away. Isn't that good news right there? Oh, you don't have to be your old self anymore. You don't have to have the hurt and the pain and the bitterness and the frustration and all that stuff, all your old habits, all the things that you used to do. You don't have to have those anymore. Isn't that what it says? Old things have passed. Do you remember when you first got saved? How things changed, your eyes opened up. Your heart was enlightened. You said, ooh, now I know why I'm here. Now I know why I accepted the Lord. I can remember it so vividly. It's like he came in and he in, infiltrated my spirit, took control over me. I changed. My heart changed. My attitude changed. And then we had a, a baseball tournament the next day. So I went to it. And all of a sudden, here comes Mr. Kind, nice, loving Pastor Chuck. <laughs> and they said, what happened to you? I just got saved. You go, saved? What's that? I said, I accepted the Lord in my heart. He said, okay, well, we'll see how long that lasts. Well, 36 years later, I'm still saved, still enjoy the Lord. I love him more now than I did before. So old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You can be a new person now, not, not just a renovated person you know like when you take a car a used car in and you want to trade it in and get a new car you don't take it in there and then they say okay and they take it behind the shop and they paint it and spray it and, and make it look all new and then give it back to you and say oh here's your new car no 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 that's the old car with the exterior new the Bible says you get a new cre you're a new creation you're a new creature in Christ because his spirit comes into your spirit and your outlook changes, your perspective changes. He takes control over you. And then he wants to make you go and do the things that he would do if it was him himself. But he uses your personality, your attitudes, your talents, your ability. He uses you and he's already, as Lamont was singing, preordained what you're supposed to be before you even were born. You didn't even know it. You, you thought the world started when you got up, when you were born. Oh, the world started. No. And then you go to history class, you find out, oh, Christopher Columbus in 1492. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's how the America got here? Oh, okay. You find out that there's a bunch of things that happened before you were born, and God had already preordained where you're supposed to be, and then he's going to take you there. Our job is not trying to find out what we want to do. Our job is to find out what he wants us to do based on his plan before the foundation of the world. Amen? So God's spirit joins with our spirit. We become a new creature, a new person. You're not the same. His divine nature 
This is amazing. His divine nature comes on the inside of God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, all-powerful, almighty, says, I'm going to dwell in you. Boy, that's really limiting him, isn't it? He got to come and live inside us and go around with us and think with us and listen to us, do the things that we do, and he has to put up with it. You ever have to try to put up with people that you don't kind of agree with, don't, don't like so much? Let's think about our relatives. <laughs> <laughs> we just had Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's, right? I know they're related to us and everything, but boy, they're not like us at all. <laughs> Where did they come from? How did they grow up that way? But you have to put up with them, right? You have to love them with the love of the Lord. And God has to put up with us when we go to places that we're not supposed to go, say the things that we're not supposed to say. He just has to sit there and be quiet and listen to our mess. But that's because he loves us so much and he's trying to change us from the inside out. And see, when you get saved, you find out, wait, I shouldn't be doing this thing. I, should, I shouldn't be going here. I shouldn't be thinking this way. I'm supposed to love my brothers and my sisters in the Lord, not judge them or condemn them or think bad of them, right? So, so that's what we are as a new creation. So we have his divine nature on the inside of us. Isn't that amazing? That his divine, and so people say, you know, like if a minister falls and he goes into sexual sin or he takes the money or does all these crazy things, they say, oh, but he's just human. But that's, that's partially true. He's human, but he's also got the divine nature on the inside of him. Something on the inside of him has to be telling him, no, 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 you don't do that. Red flag, check mark, caution, not supposed to do that. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 9, whoever is born of God cannot continually sin. Right? For his seed remains in him, and he cannot continually sin because he is born of God. If you're born of God, you should be changing. There should be some life on the inside of you. you know, my wife and I, we went to uh, my 20-year uh, reunion. You ever go to 20-year reunions? Anybody? No? Nobody's been... Away from high school that long, okay? I said, I'm the only one. Praise the Lord. So I went to my 20-year reunion, and it was, you could tell the difference between the Christians and the non-Christians. The Christians, there's a light in them, there's hope, there's glory, they talk different. They're, they're like a new creation. They're a new creature in Christ. But the old people, the ones that are just living the same as they did in high school, they just talk the same way. Man, I don't know who picked this place. <laughs> kind of expensive. You know, not, not that, it's not that nice. No, food. I don't like the food. The band, the band's bunk. You know, I don't like the band at all. Man, are you in high school still? Grow up, come on. Have some life in there, amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says that we're supposed to be a new creature in Christ. And I was telling Wendy, I used to do puppet, puppet skits in, in children's church, and I don't know, it's this scripture. Every time I see this scripture, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I think of this puppet friend that I have. Let me introduce him to you right now. His name is Clarence, okay? So make him feel kind of welcome, okay? Come on, Clarence. Oh, I don't want to come out. Come on, Clarence. Come on out of here. Oh, 
I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. No, come on up here. Come on out here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, <laughs> who are all these guys? Well, these are the men and the women of New Heart Four Square Church. Uh, well, uh, you can have the guys. I'll take the girls. <laughs> now, Clarence, come on. Knock, knock it off. Come on. I, now, I want you to... I want you to help me with this skit, okay? Oh, okay. Remember the memory verse that we used to do? Yeah, I remember. Okay, it, it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Can you give that to me? Yeah, I, I can do that. Okay, let me, let me hear it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Very good. How does it go? Uh, if, if any man, oh, yeah, yeah. If any man... How else does it go? If any man be in Christ, oh yeah, if any man be in Christ, he is a weird creature. Oh. No, it's not weird. It's new creature. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Clarence, you continually blow it time and time again. Yeah, I know. Hey, can I sing a song? Uh, well, I don't know. You guys want him to sing a song? Okay. And now, is, is it a Christian song? Well, yeah, it's a Christian song, but I changed the words. <laughs> you changed the word? Yeah, because I bought a, one of them uh, Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Okay, so you change. But okay, so what is it, what's the tune to? Uh, Blessed Assurance. Okay, I know that song. You guys know that song? Yeah. Blessed Assurance. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Is that how it goes? No. Okay, let me see how yours, yours goes. Blessed insurance, the Mercedes is mine. Oh, but the payments are driving me wild. No, no Clarence, that's enough. Get back in here. Okay, so I, I, did, <laughs> I did that so that you would, every time you see that scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you'll go like, oh, yeah, if any man be in Christ, he's a weird creature. Okay. And you, you'll be weird to the people around you. They won't understand what happened to you. I remember Arturo when we prayed for him about three years ago uh, to receive the Lord. Man, he changed day one. <laughs> you can test to it, right, Allie? I mean, all of a sudden, he's telling people about Jesus and how he healed his back. And, you know, you ought to know the Lord. And they're saying, what happened to Arturo? I mean, he didn't just do people next to him. He did the whole floor. He didn't do just the whole floor. He did every floor that we we're on. He didn't just do every floor that we're on. He did the next building on another side. He just sent everybody, the truck drivers, the people walking down the street, hey, do you know the Lord? And he hasn't stopped since, three years continually. Because there is a change. Any man being Christ, he is a what? new creature in Christ. Praise God. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a, a son of an mechan airline mechanic. My, my dad was an airline mechanic, and so he, he used to fix things. He used to be methodical in trying to make things work. So when I preach, I teach in, in methodical ways, how do you do that? How do you become a new creature in Christ? When a baby's born, right, they, they don't automatically go to school the next day, Right? They don't automatically go to work. They have to learn how to grow 
in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So when you're born again, you don't just all of a sudden know what to do. I know when I got, first got saved, I went to church. I didn't know nothing. What's happening over here? I mean, the, the guy, he was big like Richard, and he gave me a big hug when I came in. I go like, what kind of church is this? The guys are hugging you. <laughs> Before my wife came, all the hostesses were real sweet on me, you know. <laughs> Hello, how are you? You know, I go, man, I'm popular at this church. <laughs> I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> then I found out that's their job. <laughs> I said, forget it. <laughs> so we want to find out the how to. How do you become a new creature in Christ? A baby, when it's born, what does it do? It poops in its diapers, doesn't it? When you were first born, were you pooping in your diapers? When you first became a Christian, were you pooping in your diapers and doing things that you're not supposed to do? And you say, oh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this stuff. But the parents don't get all bent out of shape because the baby's not doing the right thing at the right time. They just be patient and wait, right? No matter what you do, no matter what counseling, no matter what tricks you do, they will eventually stop pooping their diapers, right? So they're not sitting up in bed going... Baby's one years old now, and he's still, he had three accidents today. Can you believe that? And I, I mean, they used to, I know when we were raised in the, Ch the Charles, they were saying, you know, oh, you know my, my baby, they were potty trained at two years old. My baby, two and a half. And I don't know where we were at, but I wasn't worried about it. No matter what we did, it was, he was going to grow. You come to church, you read your Bible, you pray, you will grow. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Behold, all things are new. How do you get your new things on the inside of you? It's what you put on the inside. It's what you eat spiritually. If you, if you don't eat right, you're going to die. If you don't eat spiritual food, you're going to die spiritually. You're going to stay the same forever and ever. So you have to put some, something on the inside of you, some ingredients to make you grow. Praise the Lord. Now, you know how when you hang around somebody, you pick up their words, you pick up their thoughts, you pick up their way of talking. They may say a certain thing, and then all of a sudden, you're saying the same thing. You ever have that happen to you? It's true in songs, isn't it, too? You know, I, I can be walking, and Allie sees me sometimes dancing at, at, at Kaiser, and, and, and I'm just happy because I, you know, heard something. Or, or, or you'd be walking, and all of a sudden, a, a song comes into your mind, like, it's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog, you know? I said, that's, that's what I say, like, around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. You know, it's like, whew, I need a break. Or if someone helps you out, you go, I get by with a little help from my friends. I get by. These people don't know these songs. But when I met Marianne, it was, Marianne, I'm really crazy about you, deed I am. Then I sang that, sang that song, there were bells on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all, till there was you, right? These songs, why? They're in there. They come inside of you, and they're, they're there, and you, they come out at the craziest times. But the word of God should be in us and come out at the right times. When people are saying like, oh, uh, you know, uh, I just don't feel right. I, I feel like, you know, I, I have fear. And the Bible says, 
God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a strong mind. Come on, you can do it. Only be strong and very courageous. Praise God. Those are the things that we have to start saying out of our mouth. And so that the Lord can be glorified in what we say and what we do. I had some other scriptures I was going to say. But you have to have them on the inside of you, right? When things come up, you can't just go, oh, wait a minute. Let me go, let me go to the Bible. Let me find out some things, right? You have to know on the inside of you that God is with you. He's for you. He's not against you. Praise God. So let's look at this scripture right here. This is an amazing scripture. Because uh, Saul, before he became king, Samuel anointed him to be the king. And so Samuel told Saul, listen, you're going to go to this place. There's going to be a bunch of prophets there, and you're going to prophesy. No training, no schooling, no spiritual understanding. Okay, well, let's see what happens. So he, he tells them, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you shall prophesy with them, and you shall be what? Turn into another man. That's what I'm talking about. We need to be turned into different men and women, another creature, another creation that you don't even recognize. I can remember when I got saved and I was at this church and somebody that I hadn't met in 10 years came and reintroduced himself to me. He goes, I remember you, but you know, you're not the same. You have, you're, you have a little more strength. You have a little more wisdom. You have, you're, you're secure. What happened to you? The Lord <laughs> turned me into another man. Amen? So let's see what happens. So he said, uh, next scripture. So in 1 Samuel 10, 10, and verse, uh, verses 11, when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Is Joanne also amongst the preachers and teachers of the gospel? Amen? Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and changes you from one person to the next. Amen? You know, there, there's some words that, uh, I don't know, I must have lost that sheet, but there's some words that uh, people use a lot. Do you know what the most annoying word that people have voted for 2016 was? Whatever. <laughs> for many, many years, whatever. <laughs> you can't really argue with that, can you? Another one was, it is what it is. <laughs> you hate that. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Another, another one was... Um, uh, oh, at the end of the day, there you go, all right. <laughs> you hate that, huh? <laughs> but the words that we want are God words, the God words that gives us life, that encourages us. Praise the Lord. So let's see what happens here. So, so Saul all of a sudden is prophesying, and he never knew how to do it. He just went there, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Do you know the Spirit of the Lord has to come upon you at times? could be at work could be at home, could be when you're walking down the street and you want to minister to somebody. The Spirit of the Lord has to come upon you so that you can speak something that you already know, that you already heard. Otherwise, you're, you're just ministering out of you know, emptiness. So Saul sent messengers to take David. 
And when they saw the group of prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as leader over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. These guys are trying to go get David to kill him, and the Spirit of the Lord came and changed him, and they started prophesying. Is that crazy? So Saul said, okay, uh, Saul was told this. He sent another messengers, other messengers, and then they prophesied likewise. He said, okay, well, I've sent some more people. Then Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied. Well, what kind of, what kind of mess is this? That they can't even go against God because God will come upon them and change them. Don't you think God can come upon you and change you? Let's look at this next scripture in Ezekiel 36. 26 to 27, which is our, our, uh, our lead scripture for our church. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. He's going to cause us to walk in. We don't have to try to be good. We don't have to try to, you know, with all of our restraint and all of our discipline to try to be good. God says, I'm going to come upon you on the inside and cause you to walk in my statutes. And I will keep my judgments and do them. The illustration, the best way I can describe it is if you have any teenagers in your house and you tell them, can you clean up your room? They go, yeah, mom, I'll, I'll get it. Right? Day later, yeah, mom, I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. Week later, yeah, mom, I'll get it. But now, if some friends were going to come over to their house, all of a sudden they have a little bit of energy. All of a sudden they, they have a little bit of, you know, desire. Okay, I can clean it up now. And they clean it up all night. We were playing basketball the other day. We, had, we were playing with a 14-year-old. And uh, so he makes a shot and the ball goes, you know, into the bushes. And so he starts walking away. I said, uh, excuse me, but are you going to get the ball? He goes, yeah, I'm going to, in a minute. Well, in a minute? What do you mean in a minute? <laughs> He goes and he has a drink. He sits down and has a drink at the bench. And I go, when are you going to get the ball? He goes, after I have my drink. I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> no desire here. Praise the Lord. We, we have to have a desire to want to serve the Lord, right? And so, you know, because that's what's going to control us, what, what we put into our heart. And so you say, well, I don't want the Lord to control me. I don't want him to dictate what I'm supposed to do. <clears throat> he actually has your best interests in mind. He actually knows what's best for you. Or would you rather have the devil lead you around? And that's kind of the way my life was for 10 years. I just let the devil lead me around. You know, we, we were in the... 70s, we're in the revolution, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and we were happy. We weren't hurting anybody. We're just having fun. But the Bible says we're not supposed to be slaves to unrighteousness, but be slaves to righteousness. And God is, is gentle and good with us, and he'll cause us to want to, you know, follow him and be with him. I, I can remember in our time, George Carlin, he had this, you know, talking about drugs. He says, you know, cocaine's not really addicting, I've been taking it for 15 years, and I'm not addicted to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we are supposed to have the light of Christ on the inside of us. Amen? But how is this done? By allowing his word 
to take hold of our life, to be implanted. The Bible says that the Word of God is the implanted seed into our hearts, that when it grows, it'll turn into a great tree. When we planted some seeds out there in the grass, and uh, my son and I were looking and said, well, where are the seeds? Where are the, where's the grass, you know? It's been two weeks, we haven't seen, oh, oh, there's some right there. I think I see some right there. So you might be putting the word of God in you, you might be praying, might be believing, but you have to keep on continuing. The Bible says through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Because the direction said, in four to six weeks, you'll see the grass. Okay? The Bible says that you have to plant the seed and believe and wait for the harvest. We can't get impatient and discouraged and, and, and want to give up. So let's look at these uh, uh, next, next uh, slide. There's four, here's the how-to. The four D's of the new life, right? First is desire. The Bible says, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and you shall have them. You can't create, I mean, I can't create desire in you. I can get you excited. I can get you motivated. But, you know, motivation is just the start. But it's habit that keeps you going. It's the continually doing what you purposed in your heart to do. That's how you achieve what you need to achieve. And I was asking Ali. Uh, earlier. Now, I've known her about mm, three years or so, but uh, I knew that she has, she works out, right? And how many years have you been working out? Five years. Five years. Wow. So, just like casual workout, maybe, you know, like once in a while or everything, right? Just when you felt like it, just, you know, when, when you felt good or how often a week do you work out? Four to five days a week, okay? So like what, in the afternoon or when you get home or what, what time of day do you do that at? Five in the morning. Every day or four to five days a week at the gym for five years. I think I'd look pretty good too after that, wouldn't you? So uh, do you ever feel like sometimes you don't want to go? Yes. How many out of those four to five days do you feel like you don't want to go? Every day. Every day. <laughs> so what time do you have to get up in the morning? Four o'clock in the morning. That's, that, that's desire, isn't it? That's a desire to want to see results in your life. Is it any different in spiritual life? No, we just, you know, I'll pray today if I feel like it. I'll just... Roll over, <laughs> lay before the Lord, <laughs> enjoy his presence. You know, I used to say, like, if you pray for five minutes and then you sleep for 35 minutes and then you get up, is that 40 minutes or no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, you have to have a desire. Isn't that right? Then you have to have dedication. And that starts with the heart. You have to be dedicated. With the heart man believeth, and out of it flow the issues of life. If you're determined, and you're dedicated, and you have desire, you're going to see it come to pass. That's how you become a new person. That's how you become a new man or woman. And then the third thing is determination. Yeah, I like this quote. The difference between try and triumph is a little oomph. Try, oomph. You want to try, oomph? 
Just put a little oomph in your try. I like people when they say, we're having a party, you want to come over? I'll try. You, either you are or you aren't. What do you mean, you try? <laughs> I mean, like, are you paralyzed or something? You're like, you, you can't, I'll try. What do you mean, I'll try? <laughs> Just depends on how it's going that day, right? But the Bible says that you're supposed to be determined. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find it. Knock, keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. You have to be determined. And then the fourth thing is you have to have discipline, right? Discipline, day after day. Meditate in the word, what? Day and night, and then you'll have good success. Pray without ceasing. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Grab it. you got to go for it. You have to come out of your shell. You have to say, Lord, I want what your promises say. I'm going to go get them. Paul says, I apprehended that which has apprehended me. God came and touched, uh, knocked Saul down and said, I want you to uh, preach my word. And then Paul had to go and study. Okay, well, what does the word say? How do I do this? Amen. He apprehended what apprehended him. When God fills you and touches you, then you have to go back and say, okay, Lord, I knew I, you did touch me. What are you trying to say to me? Show me in the word where, what you, where you want to direct me. Amen? Lay hold on eternal life. And, and you have to, let me, here's a word that can be used in a wrong way, but you have to be addicted to the Lord. Addicted to Jesus. Addicted to Jesus. How are we doing back there? Oh, oh let me, while, they're, while they're getting that up, let me show you. Uh, this baseball, let me go to the next slide. See, these guys are getting ready. They're preparing for spring training, right? Anybody know where that's at? Arizona, Arizona Mesa, Arizona. This is Oakland Athletics. They're practicing, right? They're getting ready. But now look at these guys here, the next slide. Are these guys getting ready? <laughs> they're resting. I, look at the guy's got his shoes untied. I don't know. I, I sent this to John Shelby. I said, he's a coach. And I said, what would you do with these guys that they don't want the sun to get in his eyes? Praise the Lord. How are we doing back there? Uh, you ready? Okay. This is a song that was played in 1993, and it won a Dove Award for the best album. It was called Addicted to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that stuck in me the first time I ever saw it, and I just played it over and over again because I wanted to be addicted to Jesus. Amen? Amen.